Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Track. At Track, our aim is to shine a light on the UK running club scene. This week on Track, we talk all things Tokyo Olympics and discuss GB's chances on the track in Tokyo. We'll do our best to give some predictions and some athletes to keep an eye on. We also have an in-depth interview with an athlete fresh from a gold medal at the European Under-23 Championships, Izzy Boffy. As always, I'm joined by Kat Hutchison and George Beardmore. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Very good, thanks, George. How are you, Kat? Yeah, good, thanks. You say good, Kat, although you were just telling me off air that you've uh, still got that knee niggle and uh, you haven't been running as much as you'd like to be. Yeah, yeah, it's getting a little frustrating now. So that awful offers dike race has led to a knee injury, um, which I tried to push through and keep training, but it's um, uh, I've given up now and decided that I need to rest it. So I'm I'm about a week and a half into resting, and it feels like a lifetime. But I was able to compete at the Vets League last Wednesday in the race walk, which I. Ah. I actually won, um, which <laughs> Matt Moon said afterwards, he's not sure if it's more embarrassing to win the race walk or lose it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what distance was the walk? It, it's two kilometres, which is five laps of the track. It's a lot of walking. Right. It's a lot of time to get heckled by your <laughs> teammates. <laughs> and but, uh, what was the winning time, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, it was 15 something, 15, 12 or something. So that must have been a PB for you. Uh, I have done the race walk before. Oh. I beat Nick Hitchens by one second last time, so that's still still the winner on that at the moment. Oh, well so, done. But yeah, <laughs> I was actually approached by the coach, um, this race walking official who coaches at Worcester, and she said, you've got a really good style. Do you want some coaching? <laughs> so maybe it's my new thing if this knee injury doesn't improve. Maybe. Um, so what does the knee injury mean about Manchester Marathon, Cap? Yeah, I think it's out. I think I've, I've, I've given up, really. It, it was pushing on for that that was causing it to keep getting re-injured. So I've decided to just scrap Manchester for now. I've got Telford 10k in December, so I'm sort of targeting that and maybe a half in November or something. But we'll see how things go I'm just gonna have to really just focus on rehabbing the knee yeah. I've been aqua jogging a bit which is kind of giving me something to do but it's it's not fun I can't do any more than 25 minutes <laughs> no I know the feeling George um tail for 10k for you in December um I don't think I'm entered uh, I think there's a there'll be an area Midlands team going so if I can get in that way I might do that um but now I'll probably many cross country season over the winter. I'll do some road races as well, definitely. But um, no, I'm not into the moment. And uh, get us up to speed with what you've been up to since we last spoke, George. Couple of races and uh, what races have you got coming up? Yeah, so couple of after after some very good five and ten k's on the track. A couple of slightly disappointing disappointing ones, I think. Uh, well, I did a 10k two weeks after I ran 30.15 and I ran like just sub 31. I, I think it was too much of a tight turnaround. And then a few days ago, I raced at the Loughborough BMC, which is an amazing meet and just like the George Gandhi Mile and the George Gandhi Memorial before it as well. Um, 
But again, I ran 14.47, which is still pretty good. It's still my third fastest time ever. But having run 14.31 earlier in the season, it was a bit frustrating. But I think I I started the season not not too well because obviously you want good results. But I think I had a very good winter. I didn't have any injuries or I didn't struggle at all with like motivation over lockdown or anything like that. I, I think I just came out in April, May and kind of set the bar very high and probably chasing the times I've already run has just got harder and harder. Um, so I've got 1500s for the rest of the season, which I hate the 1500, but at the same time, I'm excited about just a slightly new challenge, I think. So haven't broken four minutes yet. I've run 405, I think. So I know I'm good enough to break four minutes. I just haven't been able to put it together in an actual race so that that yeah that would be a nice way to finish the season definitely yeah i can think you probably probably would have taken those results pre pre-season wouldn't you a 1431 a 30 was it a 15 you said and yeah it's 15 and yeah definitely or um, in, the, in the 15 that would be a fairly solid season yeah yeah definitely i mean i think it's only in the last two races are the only races i've not pb'd in so yeah you really can't complain about that as, as far as the season goes so yeah. yeah, just like I say, set the bar pretty high, and when doing the same race over and over again, it becomes harder and harder to, yeah, hit the same times. I think. Oh yeah, Paddy Diva at the George Gandhi Memorial Mile. You watched that race, I assume. So uh, how did that go? Yeah, really, really impressive. It was quite a breezy night, particularly a bit earlier on. My my race was a couple of hours after that that mile, because um, I think there was probably four or five in the race that based on that 1500 meter PV you were capable of breaking four in the mile, but Paddy was the only one to do it. He ran 358 from the front really as well. Um, pretty much evenly paced. Uh, there was a pacemaker for the first half and then he held it together really well considering it was a bit, yeah, a little bit windy. Um, and yeah, just, just brilliant to see what, probably 15 athletes all with Loughborough vests on. Some of them kind of had like the old school Loughborough vest on as they were like older alumni. Um, yeah, really, really impressive. And I think it was, you know, in Paddy, the Tom Mortimer was kind of the, um, what everyone was looking forward to. And it was a really good race. And yeah, Paddy was just, was just brilliant. Great stuff. Very good. Um, Paddy Diva didn't make, obviously, the Olympic team, um, although it, Lewis Moses last week, or well, the week before, had some interesting comments on that and, and actually interesting comments on everything you spoke about. Um, an amazing season for Paddy Diva. Uh, but talking about the Olympics, what have you guys been watching up to this point? What have you been enjoying becoming experts in the most? Kat, how about you? Uh, yeah, I've been enjoying the taekwondo. That yeah. I feel like I'm quite an expert in now. I, okay. I've been pretty much, I've been off this week, so I've been pretty much watching it all. Like, <laughs> and yeah, loving it all. I, I've liked the... Um, uh, the canoeing thing they were doing today that we got the silver in that was good I, I loved watching the diving with Tom Daly that was amazing yeah. um yeah I'm just absolutely loving having this much sport on to watch yeah it's great isn't it George what have you been enjoying the most yeah same pretty much everything really I mean I've been a bit annoyed by the time the swimming's on I mean I get I mean I'm not a massive swimming fan anyway because there's too many events but um <laughs> I mean I do like watching it so I, I that's the only thing that I've missed really other than that. Yeah. Triathlon was really good. 
uh, canoeing, diving, gymnastics. Yeah, I've pretty much watched, watched a lot so far. So, yeah, just excited about the athletics starting now. Yes. So the athletic, we're recording on the Thursday evening. Athletics start tomorrow, so Friday, um, overnight almost. So we're, we're going to have a, a look at that. We're going to give a few bits of information about the timetable and, and start lists are out now for the first day or so. Um, in terms of news, though, guys, uh, triathlon silver for Alex Yi. And Alex Yi is obviously running is his main sort of strength in the triathlon. Um, he was English school's cross-country champ and Bucks cross-country champ. We also saw him win the 10,000 metres at Highgate, did we not, George, a year or so ago? Yeah, a couple of years ago. I think he's run, is it 27.39 maybe, 10,000? So, yeah, seriously, seriously good runner, but clearly made the right choice. Yeah, and you were saying the run leg in Tokyo, He ran. did he run sub-30 or 30 minutes something on the day? I think the winner broke 30 and he was like five or 10 seconds behind. So certainly pretty much around 30 minutes. The, the, it was two and a half K laps. And I think pretty much every lap split for the first three laps was like 7.31, 7.32. And then I imagine the last lap was a bit quicker, but I didn't catch the spit on that. But yeah, um, it, it amazing to be breaking 30 or close to 30 after what 40 K on the bike, however far the swim is. And yeah, it was pretty hot as well. Yeah. Very good. And uh, also a silver in the women's side of things with Georgia Taylor-Brown in the triathlon. And George, you've got here that she was fourth at Euro under 20 cross country in 2017 and 17th at World Cross Country in 2017 as well, as well as being the national under 20 champ. So real running pedigree for both of those triathletes. Um, yeah. Again, highlighting the importance of, of the run, I suppose, at, at the end of that event. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think as long as you can kind of get by on the swim on the bike, because you can draft on the bike and just kind of sit in a pack and you obviously you don't get that advantage running. So if you're a strong runner, I think, yeah, it does seem to help massively. She needed all that strength, didn't she, in that race after she got the flat tyre in the bike race. She needed yeah. that running speed. It was, um, yeah, impressive to see her come back from that. I can't imagine how much extra energy that would have used to drag your bike along with a flat tyre. But Yeah, yeah and like mental energy as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, other running news, um, George. So Matt Centrovitz, who is going to uh, the Olympics, we'll see him in the 1500. Uh, he tried to have a crack at breaking the American record for the mile. Um, he didn't do it in the end, but he did get a PB of 347. Um, interesting attempt to do just before an Olympics. Um, I suppose he wanted one hard effort before the games, but didn't quite make the American record then. We've also heard news sticking with the 1500 that Jakob Ingebrigtsen will only be competing in the 1500 metres now. There was some debate or some um, weren't sure if he was going to do both the 15 and the 5000, but he said that now he will only do the 1500. So do we think that's right decision, good decision, uh, interesting one? What do you reckon, George? Yeah, I think only he knows really what his best event is. I think looking at other athletes, I think the 1500 is harder to win because I don't think he's going to beat Chariot. But I think the 5K might be easier to win but harder to meddle in, if that makes sense, because I think there's no outstanding favourite in the 5K, mainly because Chepty guys looked pretty average since he broke the world records, well, average by his standards, since he broke the world records last year. Um, but you've got the likes of 
Katir, Mohamed, Kiblimo, um, Ethiopians, Wale. Uh, yeah, I mean, a whole host of others. So I think he'd be, yeah, I think he's nearly guaranteed a medal in the 1500. Obviously, no one's guaranteed a medal, but I think he's got a very, very good chance. Whereas in the 5K, he maybe had a better chance of winning, but then at the same time, it's, it's probably a bit deeper and yeah, a bit harder to meddle in. So yeah, I suppose he's just got to pick his his best event, whichever he thinks is his best event is at the moment. I, I thought it was the 5K actually after running 12.48 and winning a, a Diamond League, beating all the names I just mentioned. But yeah, he's obviously more confident in his 1500 meter shape at the moment. So yeah, I mean, I think either way he'll yeah be confident of a medal. We, one of the questions we were going to ask each other tonight were who are we most looking forward to seeing at the games and Jakob's certainly up there on my list he, I think he's just uh, always engaging always interesting to watch always um, fascinating to see how, how he's going to run so um, we'll see how he goes in the 1500 also sticking with the 1500 cat we saw potentially GB's um, one of GB's best options in the 1500 Josh Kerr with a a fairly impressive 800 um, in the build-up to, to the games. So, George, talk us through this. He ran a 145-800 with a 55 first lap and a 50 second lap. Is that right? Yeah, and that's that's pretty ridiculous, really. Um, obviously, generally, you positive split the 800. So, obviously, he's negative splitted by five seconds, but that's kind of even bigger when you think that it's normally a, a two-second positive split. So... That's yeah, that's seriously impressive. I think his reasoning behind it was that that's maybe how he thinks the last two laps of the fifteen hundred will go. That they might start out high fifties and then you've got to kind of run a a fifty fifty one last lap after running some like what, two and three quarter laps at fifty five fifty sixes. So I mean, it makes sense what he's yeah why he's planning that. Um, but yeah, I think that. That shows he's in really good shape. If you can run 145 like that, you could probably run 143, 145, certainly 144, maybe 143, like if you ran it properly. Um, and then he's like in, in a mix of 800 meter medals, like off, off that form. So, yeah, it's looking good for Kerr. Obviously, it's you know, with Chariot now backing the team and Jakob definitely doing it. It's, it's tough, but I mean, I don't think there's many people in the world, if any, that could have done that over the 800. So, yeah, he's looking really good, I think. Yeah, so for my 1,500-metre prediction, I've gone for Chariot first, even though that's questionable, potentially. Jakob Ingebrigtsen second, and I think uh, it might be wishful thinking, but I, might, I think he might sneak the bronze. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I've put the same. I think Katir's not doing it. Um, I mean, I think Kerr, I think, is very reliable um, and certainly has been over the last few years. Uh, McSwain will be dangerous, although we know Australian track and field team, a lot of them are in self-isolation. So whether that will kind of mess up his preparation at all, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I almost put Kerr ahead of Jakob, but that was maybe very wishful thinking. But I think, I mean, Jakob didn't medal in Doha, so you know, he hasn't got a medal on the world stage either yet. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting race. And I, I do think, I think, if you're Australian, you'd say McSwain would finish third. I think if you're British, you'd say Kerr. Um, yeah, 1500 is always carnage. I think he needs to get himself in a better position than he did at the trials, although it worked out for him and he, he yeah, he won the trials. But 
you need, you can't be far back because Jakob will be right up there. Chariot will probably be leading. He can't give himself a lot of work to do in that last lap. So, yeah, I think if he runs the race well, like obviously he's, he's very capable of a medal. Yeah. We'll touch upon the um, the Aussies in isolation now, just before we move on to Cats, who you're most looking forward to seeing in, at the Games. Um, so this is all related to the fact that Sam Kendricks, who's an American pole vaulter, has tested positive for COVID and has subsequently means he won't be competing at the Olympics. Kat, you were telling us that the reason the Aussies have had to self-isolate for, we think, 48 hours is because Kendricks was training with one of the Australian pole vaulters who has, of course, been in contact with other Australian um, athletes. So that means that all the Australian, or lots of them, not sure if it's all of them, track and field athletes are in isolation. Does that include um, McSwain? Not sure. Um, for 48 hours, and then they're going to have to provide a, a negative COVID test, although I think they're getting tested fairly uh, frequently anyway. So is that, that, that the right way we've got it there, Kat? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's my understanding of what's happened is just that he was training with one of the Australians and that's why it's the Australian team. I'm guessing they're a bubble, the Australian team, and if they've trained with somebody else, then they have to isolate. But um, yeah, I think it's worrying for the Olympics as a whole to have you know, one of those big names, that's such a shame to see him not compete against Duplantis. And um, it it makes me nervous when we're just going into the athletics that we're going to get other big names, you know, in that we want to watch testing positive because they're testing them so often as well. So they're, they're going to find out if anyone's positive. So, yeah, fingers crossed. We can just get through the next week and a bit without anybody else testing positive. Yeah, let's hope so. So, Kat, who are you? Who are you most looking forward to watching on the track, um, both from an international perspective and a, a GB athlete? Uh, uh, this is it's really hard because there's sort of three races that I'm most looking forward to. Um, I I guess I'm going to go with um, Muir in the 1500. I think I just feel like she's she's peaking, and I feel like she's she's just got more and more impressive over this season. And I think she might really smash it. I think she might be, you know, she, it depends a lot on what Hassan does. Um, but I feel like, I feel like Muir, I think will get, I think she'll definitely medal and hopefully silver. And maybe if she gets really lucky and she really is peaking at the right time, then she'll get a gold. I'm always optimistic. I think they're all going to get gold until they don't. And then I'm disappointed. But yeah, I, I feel like she's really, um, she may have really timed her season perfectly. She, she knows what she's doing. She'll have worked towards this. And yeah, I, I'm really just looking forward to the 1500. Yeah. And what are the other two races you're excited about? Um, the women's 800 as well. Because I really think Keely Hodgkinson. I know you two weren't quite so sure you reckon Riki, but I think she really stands a chance. Um, I think she's, I think she's another one that has impressed so many times this season, and she's, she's so young. She's, she's up and coming. She may have just timed her peak right as well. So yeah, I'm really excited to see how she goes um, on this bigger stage. And so, yeah, that, that one, and also the women's 5,000, more just 
I I know they're probably not going to be medal contenders, but um, just to see how they all get on and hopefully some really good runs and hopefully they make the finals. Yeah. George, you've also gone for Hodgkinson for a silver medal, you reckon, in the 800? Yeah, my well, I think my three were. I think a thing Mu will win. Um, I mean, she's like one of the best in the world of the four hundred as well. So, and she's the fastest in the field of the eight hundred. So, if it's fast or slow, I still think she'll win. Um, she looked good at the US trials as well, which is a always a big test. Um, and yeah, I think I think I do think Kitty Hodgkinson is certainly good enough to medal. She's proven she's very good in championships. Um, there's only other than a thing movers four go faster than her going into them um, or four faster than her this year going into it but she beat Riki. Riki's one of them she beat her at British Champs which is I think that counts for a lot and then there are a few there that I mean Rosemary Almanza I think she's from Cuba and like she's sort of quite come out of nowhere a little bit I think so I mean so is Hodgkinson I suppose but I just think the, the, some of the athletes above her are very good Diamond League racers. They'll go to Monaco and run 156. But I haven't really seen much of them in championships before. Whereas, yeah, obviously from Euro indoors and then, um, yeah, the, the trials. Hodgkinson just looks really good. Obviously, it is a massive occasion for someone so young. But I, I do think she's got certainly a very good chance at a medal, whether she will or not. But yeah, it's, it's obviously so tough because... Laura Muir has been to her fair share of Olympics and World Championships where in a similar position had a very good chance of medal and hasn't quite been able to get it done. So it is really tough, but I think maybe more so than Riki, I think she's got a real, yeah, a really, really good chance, but Riki has as well, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So what other races are you excited about watching, George? Uh, pretty much all of them, I think. Um, I think the men's 800 is a really interesting one because again, it's, and it's just an absolute free for all, really. I don't think there's there's anyone that I, I can't I can't look at anyone in that field and think they're definitely going to medal. Um, let alone definitely going to win. It's just yeah, Nigel Amos is the fastest, but he's typically a bit erratic in championship races. Um, Clayton Murphy looked really good, and then he hasn't recently. Um, obviously, I think I think Dustin Giles and Rowden all have a, a chance of certainly making the final and if you're in the final then you've got a very good chance of a medal um yeah i think that could be like i think that that's the one where there could be a real upset because i think in the other events you're looking at chariot should or probably will win the 15 um hassan give on again they'll probably win the five or yeah i think the men's 800 is the one there's where there is no real favourite and it just could be, yeah, carnage. And then there are so many big names that someone's bound to not even qualify for the final. Um, yeah, I think that's one I'm really excited about. And then, yeah, probably, I, I agree with Kat. I think the women's eight and the women's 15 are really interesting and their bonds where we've got good medal chances. Um, yeah, and men's 10K is tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. No real British hopes and medal, but Again, wide open with Chapter Guy not at his best. Got Chapter Guy, Giblimo, uh, Jeffrey Camerawar, um, Kajelcha, Borega. There's just, yeah, so many names in there that it's just wide open. So, yeah, lost to the quarter. How about you? Yeah, so for me, I think, yeah, the middle distance, we've, we seem to be talking about the middle distance events for the last 
God knows how long now. So yeah, the women's and men's 800, I think are going to be great. Um, 1500s as well. Looking forward to the 10,000 just because of the, the number of athletes in there. Um, I think if I were to choose in the 10,000, the, the best of the Brits, I, I probably think Mark Scott will run better than Sam Atkin. I don't know if you guys agree. But And, and of course, the marathon, which we haven't spoken about, um, is, is going to be another one. That, so the men's marathon will be the final event of the athletics um, and the women's marathon a bit sooner. So just really looking forward to sitting down and, and watching as much as, as possible, really. So, George, going back to the 5,000s and the men and the women, what, what are your take on those? Women's 5,000, I think McColgan has a outside chance for medal maybe i think she's she's she looked really good in the the diamond league was it in stockholm where she ran 1428 i i, I think mccolgan certainly should make the final um yeah i think it'll be yeah be a really interesting race and yeah i think she, she's right up there with the best in the world clearly because she held onto a beer for a lot a long way in that in that race in monaco so yeah hopefully right up there Kat, anyone in the in the women's five thousand? I know you said it's one of the ones you're you're looking forward to watching. Um, anyone thing you sort of you uh, put your money on winning? Uh, I think uh, no, probably. I mean, Helen O'Beary, I think, is good over that distance. So it'll be I'll be interested to see her race. I mean, a lot of it depends on if Hassan races. I think she's pretty good. I think the five thousand is. Um, a good distance for her so she I think if her Sam races she'll probably win it um, and then Abiri. Um it would be really good to see Alicia Colgan um, medal and like you said if she's in the final and she's up there she did hang on to Helen O'Beary for so long in that other race that she showed she can she can keep that up for most of the race so yeah it'd be it'd be great if she could or at least be up there and give us something to cheer yeah let's have a look at the marathons then guys so in the men's for gb obviously got chris thompson callum hawkins and ben connor um and in the women's side of things uh we've got stephanie 12 stephanie davis and jess piasecki um who do you think will be the the sort of top brits there george i, th I suppose in the men's callum hawkins is, is probably the the one to look out for and the women's path a little bit more open. Yeah, I think I think Steph Davis is probably going to be our best performer. She she was really good at the trials. Whereas we, I mean, I thought Steph Twell and Jess Piasecki were, were supposed to be showing fitness of some kind because I think they were both coming back from injury, weren't they? And I've not seen anything from them, which presumably they must have shown fitness through training logs or training sessions somehow to bridge athletics. Um, so yeah, I mean, they might be in really good shape. I, I just don't know. Whereas Steph Davis, oh, I know the trials were quite a long time ago, it was back in February, but yeah, she's the one that has performed the best most recently. So I think she's probably the, the one to watch for, for GB in the, the women's marathon. But I think is Steph Dwell the one she's fastest on PB, isn't she? So if she's back to kind of close to her best shape, then then maybe not. But um, yeah, I, th I think. Steph Davis did look really good at, at the trials, so hopefully she's in similar form here. How about you, Kat? Yeah, I'd be in, really interested to see how Jess Piasecki gets on because it's 
you know, we have, it's been so long since I've seen any sort of race from her. So it will be really, really, you just can't predict it. I mean, I really hope she's in great form and she's, you know, targeted everything towards this Olympics. But it's just so, I don't know how the selectors can pick two athletes without any sort of races to show what sort of shape they're in. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. And I'm guessing they're not going to record a good time on in the heat on a course that's not ideal. So we're not going to really, we're only going to know by what place they come, what sort of shape they're in. But um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it anyway. I'll, I hope we get some coverage of what's going on further down the field and get to see how they're getting on. Yeah, it's a good point. George, what is a good, what is a good performance for these GB athletes in the marathon? So Callum Hawkins, you'd expect to be, or you'd hope to be towards the sharp end, top five, top 10. He's finished fourth and uh, world champs a couple of times. But, you know, what, what would be a good good placing do you reckon for chris thompson ben connor and and the women do you think um yeah it's tough to know because obviously normally i think for a lot of the track events you could say if someone like gestured or people like that if they say pb whether it's in the heats or the final then they've done pretty much all they can um but from what people have said about the marathon it, it's certainly not a, a pb course it sounds like it's going to be hot and they're doing it at a city time for that reason it's pretty hilly pretty humid it, yeah it sounds like everything's going against them um so yeah, it, it's it's tough to know i think I've, I've just been looking at the results from rio so hawkins yeah. finished ninth and then sort of other than that top europeans were like 25th sort of region um the olympic marathon is a weird one in general because compared to your like New York marathon and stuff like that um, and, and London, there's obviously only three Ethiopians and only three Kenyans. So it's generally a bit more open because, yeah, because of the, the limit per country. Um, but yeah, I suppose they'll, they'll have in their own mind sort of where they want to finish, whether that's top 20, top 30. They'll have a rough idea about time, but kind of they won't really know how the course will play out until they've been on it so I think the only one in out of the six that we can really kind of put a position out there for is Callum Hawkins because we do know that yeah he's like I say he finished fourth in 2017 and 2019 world championships again he, he's not actually raced for a while he looked pretty good pacemaking at Kew Gardens but that was sort of running at 211 pace and needs to be looking good at 205 pace so that's quite a big jump but um yeah i think if, if hawkins can certainly finish in the top 10 that would be great and i think there are going to be dropouts i think there will be people kind of misjudging the heat and the course badly so i think if, if you can run a sensible race and be sort of in around sixth seventh then you just never know that a few of the, the people in front of you might drop out blow up um have problems in the heat so yeah i think just they all need to run a sensible race, really. And that's easy to say. But I think, obviously, the way Chris Thompson ran up the trials, letting, who was it, go? Connor and, um, was it Mo or Dan, I think? Yeah. Yeah, letting them go. I think that sort of strategy will work well here, just being like having the courage to just say, like, yeah, you, you go up in front of me, you're going to pay for it later on. And 
pick up places like that. So, yeah, it is going to be really interesting. But unfortunately, I think we probably won't see a lot of the people or the British people other than maybe Hawkins. Um, they'll be Japanese broadcasters, so they'll focus on Seguru, Osaka in the men's race quite a lot. And then obviously the front of the race, which particularly in the women's, it, I think it'll be a Kenyan dominated race in particular. They're really strong. So we probably won't see a lot of the Brits, which is a shame. But yeah, like I say, it's hard to, to know what's a success. I'm sure they've worked that out and their, them and their coaches worked that out a bit more. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think if Callum Hawkins can get in the top 10 and hopefully even better, that, that would be a really good result. In the women's race, I think Ali Dixon finished 28th in Rio. And I think she had a she had a really good run there. She ran a pretty good time for the heat and she beat people like Lisa Whiteman from Australia and things. I think Lisa Whiteman's there again. So I'm guessing it kind of gets some idea of the British performance by how they're, you know, around that if they you know if they're finishing in the top 30 technically their pbs are better than ali dixon so it might be that they finish further up the field it will be it'll be interesting but hopefully if they're far if they can stay with the lead pack for a little while we might get some coverage yeah for sure and uh, just um quick answer guys one word answer will kipchoge retain his olympic title george I'll say yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously, we obviously know he's beatable now, but I, I still have more confidence in him than some of the other names in that field, like Decisa, Katata, Galen Rupp, we haven't seen a lot of recently. Um, the, the American ones is an interesting one as well, because obviously they qualified last February, so they were the best marathon runners 18 months ago. Are they still the, their best marathon runners now? I'm sure Rupp is, but um, yeah, their trials were a long time ago, but I do think Kipchoge will win, but mainly because I, I don't know who else to pick otherwise. So I'll say yes. Kat, what do you think? Uh, yeah, probably. I think Bekele's not there, so <laughs> I think he he probably will win. Right, I think he will too. Um, but that might just be because he's. He's the name that we all know and, and we all we all like. So, but it'll be interesting to see either way, and I'm sure we'll all be glued to it. George, perhaps to sort of tie things up. So, as I said, we're recording on the Thursday. It all kicks off tomorrow on the Friday. What are the first athletics sort of um, races that we can look forward to um, first things? So, half one tomorrow mornings when the deeper chase heats start, and then. Uh, the women's 800 the men's steeplechase heats that is and then women's 800 heats are at half two um, and then the 5,000 metre women heats at 11am so that's more watchable and the men's 10k at, at 12.30 lunchtime so four distance events tomorrow the steeplechase heats uh, a tough ask I think for Norman and Seven they've both got tough heats it's three heats of 15 and only the first first three to qualify so that's that's pretty pretty tough. There are six fastest losers, but Norman's in the first heat, which generally isn't the best place to be fastest loser spots. Um, seven's in the second heat, and then no Brits in the third heat. Um, so I think if they if they get through, if he didn't get through, that's a really yeah really good achievement. Um, like it's just yeah like we we said, it's a real shame Mark Pierce isn't there. But yeah, I think if if we can get 
if, if either of those Brits get through, I think they'd have, have done really well. Um, yeah, to to make that final. And then the women's eight hundred, bit of an easier qualification, six heats of eight in its first three, so three of eight is yeah a lot more generous. And then there's six fastest losers. Um, Hodgkinson's in the fourth heat. She's the fastest in eight this year. Um, Raven Rogers, who got a medal in Doha, USA, um, is in that heat as well. They should both be fine. Bell's in the fifth heat. She's got a tough heat. She's in the fourth fastest in that heat this year, but we've seen that Alex Bell is a really good championship performer. And I, I think she probably will be fine. And being in the fifth heat of six, you've got a, a good chance of a fastest loser spot. There's six available. So even if she finishes fourth, I think she'll be fine. And then Gemma Riki's fastest in her heat pretty comfortably this year. She's a second half quicker than Aji Wilson, who should also, yeah, they should both go through pretty comfortably there. Um, and then the women's 5K heats, two heats of 19 and first five and five fastest losers. So that, again, is pretty tough, five out of 19. You don't want to be relying on a fastest loser spot, but I mean, I don't know what you think about this. I don't, I don't like how many fastest losers heats there are there when there's two heats. It's a good chance because it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Um, it's in the afternoon, well, like 11 a.m. our time, so that's like 7 p.m. So it's not going to have cooled down a lot there. Um, it's a good chance that nine or ten make it through from heat two compared to five or six in, in heat one. I don't think that's fair. What do you think? No, I agree. It's it always seems like an although you don't often see athletes take advantage of it as much. Oh, I think I cut out there, did I? Yeah, froze yeah, me. Yeah, okay, I'll start again. Uh, yeah, I agree. Although what I would say is you don't always see athletes take advantage as much as you think they might in the later heats. Um, you'd think they'd just sort of get together and chat and say this these these are the times we need to beat. But yeah, I think if it does turn out that way, then it's it's not the best really, is it? Um, it does seem like a bit of a, a advantage to be at, to know if I run this time, even if I'm not in the top three or five, then I, I should get through. Yeah. It, it does encourage fast races though. It means the less chance of tactical races because people will have to push the pace on if they think they're not going to qualify automatically. So some of the slower runners might be tempted to take it out a bit Mm-hmm. to make sure that of their place yeah 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 that's true i mean like ben says sometimes it works yeah sometimes you you watch the first heat thinking like everyone knows about the fastest loser spots and they're still jogging around what they're doing um, but then sometimes you watch the later heats and they're doing the same and you just think they're crazy as well i think the heat will make a difference i think people will be a bit reluctant to take it on and unfortunately jess judd's in the first heat I think Judd is the type of person that could take it on. Um, but also, she she finishes quite fast. She's got a good 1,500-metre PB, so maybe a slower heat isn't a bad thing for her either. But there's uh, like one, two, three, four, five, seven, I think, seven people that have run under like 14.36, which is pretty quick. And then, yeah, so it means two of those are, are likely, well, two of them won't make the top five so yeah i think someone in that pack hopefully will take it on but like the likes of hassan can just kind of just go go with it and they'll they'll get through anyway so judd's got a tough heat um 
she can, like I say, she can finish fast, but I'd have thought her PB's like 15.05. She's going to have to maybe even break 15 to, to make it into that final, even if it's a, a slow heat or, yeah. So a, a, a tough ask, but hopefully it's not. I mean, I, th- I just think it should be maybe first six and three fastest losers or, I mean, I get why they have fastest losers, but I think the, the possibility that five make it through from one heat and 10 from another, I think that's a bit a bit much. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully Jess Judd can make it through either way. Um, but the good news is McColgan and Markov are both in the second heat. It's not as stacked as the first. Only McColgan, Iberian, Sagai have run under 14.30. So those three hopefully will be fine. Um, might be a bit harder for Markov, but there should, like I say, there, there's a good chance there's plenty of fastest losers spots up for grabs and she's showing she can finish fast as well. So hopefully she's got a good chance. Absolutely. And we'll all be cheering those guys on. Um, and, th- and as you said, those are the ones that we're going to see straight away. So those are the Friday events. Okay, guys, before we wrap up, last question for you. Um, predictions on how many medals GB may win gold, silver and bronze on the track in, in the distance events. What do you reckon, George? Um, I think we've got a lot of medal chances, but other I mean, other than say in the distance events, obviously we've got Asher Smith and people like that. We've got a lot of medal chances, but not many medal favourites. We haven't got a Mo Farah that's sort of guaranteed to bring home two medals. So I think I think Muir will. So that's probably one. And then I think if even if we get one out of the women's eight, men's eight and men's 15, if we get one out of those three, I think that's pretty good because they're always harder to get than you think. On paper, you think, oh, yeah, we'll get a medal in all of them because we've got a chance in all of them. But it's a lot harder than that. So I, I think I'm going to say I'll go with three. I'll be optimistic. I'll say Muir, Hodgkinson, Kerr. Okay, great. Any uh, any advances on three, Kat? Yeah, I was going to go five. But I am always really optimistic. That pretty much means everyone we've suggested might get a medal, will medal. And um, yeah, I'm going to believe that until it doesn't happen. So I'm going five. In that case, I'll go four and then split the difference. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll wrap it up there. I think um, we've, we've tried to speak through that um, as much as possible. What I would say, and if you haven't already, um, do go back and listen to George's interview with Lewis Moses from the last episode. Lewis is a really insightful it was really informative. He really knows his stuff. So um, a really good Olympic preview there with some sort of inside information from Lewis Moses there. Um, other than that, enjoy watching the Olympics. Thanks very much for listening. As I said at the intro, we have an interview now. We'll stick on the end of this with Izzy Boffy. I spoke to Izzy uh, this afternoon and she early in the month won the European under 23, 800 meter gold out in Estonia. And she had a, a really solid season um, based at Birmingham, coached by Luke Gunn. So we had a good chat about, about that and um, her plans for the future and her hopes to, to run at the Commonwealth and, and other events in the coming years. So we hope you enjoy that interview. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Enjoy the Olympics, guys, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Speak soon. Yeah, thanks.
This week on track, we're delighted to be joined by under-23, 800-metre champion Izzy Boffy. Izzy won gold in Estonia earlier this month, as well as winning double gold at the European under-20 champs in 2019 in Sweden. Izzy has had a hugely successful year in 2021, which has included performances at the European under-23 champs, the European indoor champs, the British champs, and running a PB of 201 in Marseille. Izzy is a part of the Birmingham University Talent Hub and has been coached by Luke Gunn since 2018. Izzy has had a huge impress of 2021 and continues to go from strength to strength. So we're delighted she has agreed to talk all things running with us here at Track. Hi Izzy, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much for uh, taking a bit of time to, to join us um, on the podcast. It's all right. Um, yeah. So we're talking on a, a Thursday afternoon. What's your day look like so far? Have you done all the training you're going to do? Or have you still got more to do later? Yeah, I've been to the gym this morning and I'm going to run just like an easy run later and that'll be me done for the day. I'm not doing too much other than that. Okay. And um, are you still following a fairly structured week this time of yeah, year? Yeah, at the moment, uh, just in the middle of like a competition. So I've got a few weeks of training. So I'm pretty, um, it's pretty structured training at the moment. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you said the gym, how often, how often do you get in the gym? throughout the week um I'm actually in the gym about two three times a week um I'm a, like a power based athlete so it's quite important for me to uh, be in the gym quite a lot but more in the winter than in the summer it's just maintenance sort of stuff now at the moment okay and uh, we might get onto it a bit later but uh, I assume you're you're based in Birmingham at the moment yeah yeah I'm at UOB here so university here so I'm based in Birmingham okay great and then in terms of sessions, do you tend to structure your week around sort of one, two, three key sessions a week? Um, how, how do they normally look? Yeah, so we follow like a Monday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, routine, uh, especially at uni. Um, Wednesday afternoons is like the sport afternoon. So it's just easier to do it that way. Um, so session kind of tempo speed on Monday, um, kind of more eight base session on Wednesdays and like a more of a longer session on Saturdays it's like the normal structure but obviously we are mid-season so um not everyone it's the summer so not everyone's around from uni and most of us that are around are kind of more serious athletes so everyone's kind of tailoring their training to their competing so okay great and obviously based in Birmingham do you make them you've obviously got the track at the university but do you make the most of like the canals or the parks nearby for your running Oh yeah, definitely. Like we, we're quite structured in terms of um, running. Like obviously with COVID, it's been slightly different, but um, we usually like have like focus group runs, group runs that you know they're different routes all over Birmingham and stuff like that. We're obviously as well talking the day before the athletics starts in the Olympics, and the Olympics itself has been going on for a week or so. Um, have you are you someone who sits down to watch a lot of the Olympics or sport in general have you seen much of it yet oh yeah definitely like this is quite difficult to watch um, but obviously I watched both of the triathlons which were amazing um, that was a good one to watch um, I'm obviously I usually put it on in the mornings kind of with the highlights from the evening just because it's a bit easier to watch but um, I think the eights start tonight but like in the morning like Friday morning so about like between 1 and 2 a.m I think roughly I'm not sure not sure if I'll make it that late but I'm gonna try (laughs) um just you know 
um it'd be good to watch them live and hopefully um watch all the girls and boys get into the fi- semi-final which i think is on sunday yeah okay but um obviously ollie dustin is here at uni with us so i know him quite well and obviously keely as well i've been loads of competition with her i'm keen to watch both of them run yeah, well, I was going to ask you, obviously, in, on the women's side of things, we've got Keely Hodgkinson, Gemma Riki, and Alex Bell for the eights. Yeah. And in the men, uh, Daniel Rowden, Elliot Giles and, and Ollie Dustin. So what do you think would be a, a good performance, a good outcome for those guys um, making finals, meddling? And what, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I certainly think that all of them are capable of making the final, to be honest. If you've watched... Um, watched any of them in the diamond leagues like you know 157 156 runners for the girls and 144 143 runners for the boys like you can't um doubt that they are perfectly capable of of making those finals but it's the olympics and you are up against the world's best and everyone is everyone's on form at the moment everyone is running well i don't think there's anyone you know that we think is running poorly at the moment like everyone has really really stepped up this year um it's just gonna be tough it's gonna be really tough and um obviously obviously Dustin and um Keely are you know younger than the others and kind of like this is both of their first years of being like really 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 good so especially Dustin like it's mad how like much he's just like completely blown everyone out the water and it's just so amazing so It'll be interesting. I'd love to see watch them get into the final and you know get going for the medals, but um, you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely, yeah. It'd be interesting to watch either way. And you mentioned the triathlon there um, that you watched. Are you someone who watches aside from track and athletics? Do you, are you interested in loads of other sports or? You- oh yeah, definitely. Like for the Olympics, especially like you know you just it was great when you just watch all of it because it's just fun to watch. It's just something to watch during the day um and it's just re- you, you know you're watching sports you're rooting for a team it's a lot it's a lot more fun to watch uh I like the hockey because I used to play hockey quite competitively yeah. and um the triathlon was good it was nice um to see Alex Yee because obviously we know we all I mean we all know who he is through running um and obviously that was a great great battle for the three medals uh for the triathlon and then the women's as well it was really good to see uh Georgia you know come through for the silver too uh, but no I'm um I mainly just watch the hockey and I watch the diving I mean you kind of watch all of it to be honest like whatever's whatever's on at the time and it's nice nice to see so many medals with GB and stuff yeah great and hopefully we'll get to see a few more um on the track in the next week or so yeah. great well uh let's uh, jump into some of sort of what you've achieved over the last year or so and, and particularly we'll start with um obviously massive congratulations for your performances at the under 23 european oh, champs earlier this month so for, for listeners I'm, I'm sure they know already but for those who don't you uh um the 800 meter gold obviously and you were part of the four by 400 meter relay a few weeks out now what are your sort of um thoughts about the whole competition and how you performed it was great to be honest like i you know, I wouldn't lie, like I was going in, going for a medal, I was going for gold, like I wanted to win, I felt on good form and, you know, coach and I discussed it and we were very keen to, you know, be gunning for the medals and, um, you know, it was quite lucky that it was just a heat in a final, um, so there was like no uh, super tired legs or anything really um, and the heat wasn't too quick either, which was great, uh, went out and ran 
like a relatively quick time for me, like point six off my PBE mm-hmm. or so. Um, you know, I was pretty confident. Like as soon as I started the race, I was like um, very, very like much like I could win this. It was really, really good kind of like coming off the champs I'm really happy with it but you know it's Olympic year like everyone's running fast I'm now just kind of ready to race again and try and run a bit faster so I'm watching it it seemed like that last 200 is where you really sort of took control and looked sort of really nailed on to win was that a particular tactic or is that just how the race unfolded well yeah I think with champs races like often that's how it unfolds just because everyone's it's a lot more tactical and everyone's kind of like holding themselves back and it's a very like back and forth back and forth um you know the girls left a gap open on the inside with 250 to go um and you know I I saw it and I was like well I'm not gonna like not take advantage of this and just, just kind of spurred on through and I think that it just gave me that um open clear kind of like pathway in order to get back to um the end of the race and you know it's easier than trying to get around people because that's just lengthens out um your race and I've you know I've had problems with that like in some of my races this year where it's just been too difficult to get around people on that last 100 meters so even if I am like really really picking up the pace and gunning for the um line like I just can't you know pick off the seconds because you have to do get around people so it's, it was nice to have a clear run um, and I was definitely confident in my ability to, you know, be able to pick up the pace. And um, I've got a really good kick. So I always kind of knew that um, when it came down to it, like that was my forte. And that was kind of like how I was going to win the race. Yeah. OK. So would you say you're someone who prefers a maybe a, a slower start or a, and then a, a faster finish with the kick or or sort of fast from the gun? Do you have a particular preference? Uh, I definitely, I don't definitely have a particular preference. Um, I think champs racing is completely different to any sort of other racing. So um, I think, you know, if you're going for times, like going quick from the gun is always the way forward. But um, I think if it's a heat or if it's a champs race, if you're going to go slowly at the beginning, then like at the end of the day, you're playing into my hands. I, I, I'm good at the kick at the end and, you know, I usually have something left. So um yeah no going from going slow and then fast is good but you know if you're going for a time then it's always going to be quick from the gun yeah sure well um we mentioned obviously uh gold at the under 23s and double gold at the under 20s in sweden am i also right in thinking you won uh european youth in 2016 i did at a fairly young age you've had sort of some good sort of championship experience going through the rounds and and sort of major competitions do you feel that sort of puts you in good stead for you know going forward into yeah I definitely think it's given me like a lot of experience um I think I've had the very much the highs and the lows of championships I've definitely been through it all um you know I just missed out on a medal at Commonwealth Youths and then like completely flunked out in the semi-finals at World uh, Juniors so and like then came back again for European Juniors and got the gold double gold in the relay including the relay as well um so you know I definitely think that's given me like a wide range of experience but um that I kind of use when going into the other sort of champs but at the end of the day like seniors is so so different like youths and juniors is much more team-based like you're there for the experience um you know if the medals come they come but you learn from it and you kind of move on whereas seniors it's so much more serious like um you're gunning for the medals you're going for the win like it's it's a completely different ball game and it's exciting um and it's also fun but it's it's definitely I'm still learning 
got Commonwealth Games next year in Birmingham. Um, yep. And then not too long until we have another Olympics and, and world. So you and your coach, Luke Gunn, do you have sort of big targets mapped out, mapped out in the future or are you very much you take it as it comes year by year? I definitely think like the position that I'm in now, like I'm just really transitioning to a senior. I've like, I've done, I've done, I think I've done well in the sense that I've PB'd every year. So I'm kind of making that slow progression. I haven't really made that massive jump yet. So, um, you know, definitely I'm taking it year by year. Next year there's World Indoors, Commonwealth Games, World and Europeans all in one year. So it's a very packed, packed year. Um, I definitely think that it's going to be competitive to even get on one of those teams, let alone multiple. So, um, no, I'd love to be at the Commonwealth Games next year. A home games is is so different and it's in Birmingham. It's, you know, my home city, you know, where I'm based. It would just, yeah, it would be amazing to be there. Um, but thinking further ahead than that, like, I've got to take it year by year for now. Sure. Um, I suppose the middle distance running for both the, men and women at the moment for GB is, is really strong um, mentioned a few names at the start there do you put that down to anything in particular or do you think it's just sort of the ebb and flow of, of the distances that, that we get stronger and, and weaker yeah I definitely think that you could see a lot of it coming like Daniel Rowden, Elliot Giles, Gemma Rehe, Laura Muir have really been sort of like coming through for a few years now and you kind of knew that they were going to be the, the, at the top of their game especially on the Olympic year you know, like Keely and Dustin, obviously massive, massive talents, massive, massive, like complete surges in ability this year. Um, but to be honest, I just think it's an Olympic year. You do see a lot of people stepping their game up, you know, um, training harder, working harder, being better just to get there. Because it is a big deal to all of us as in any sort of elite sport. So I definitely think it's just down to that, to be honest. Well, you mentioned your PB, your 800 meter PB was set in Marseille earlier this year, yeah. um, 201.24, um, yeah. I've got there, yeah. So I suppose the obvious question is, how did that race unfold? Was it, were you confident on running fast going into that race? But also the second part of that question, I suppose the two minute barrier must be on your mind and, and perhaps looking forward to, to breaking that. Yeah, definitely. I think the Marseille race was really good. Um, I was ready for it. I was, I caused like I would always plan to spend that like a week in Europe, do a few races out there. Um, it was definitely like a difficult race. Um, I couldn't, I didn't manage to watch it back because there was like difficulties with live, stream, live streams in France and stuff. But um, no, it was a lot of like barging and um, I definitely think that lost me like quite a bit of time. Um, so I know I can run faster. I just, you know, need to get in that right race and kind of have a bit more of a clear run. Mm-hmm. but that is the 800 like it is going to be a bit jostly it was just a, it was a 10 10 people in the race I think maybe 11 so um it was always going to be busy I think I definitely learned a lot just from being in that race um tactics wise but yeah no the two minute bar- barrier is obviously looming um I think at the moment I'm kind of just targeting that Commonwealth Games time which is two flat point five um because I think that will just like put me in good standing for next year um if it doesn't come this summer then it will come next summer like um I can definitely get it um you know it's just about putting the fast times on the board and getting used to running quick but no hopefully it will come this summer ideally so let's also have another look back at some other champs so the European indoor champs as well earlier this year in Poland back in March it seems like ages ago now how did you find that experience? You you made the final. I believe you ran a two hundred three to qualify for the final, and then finished in sixth place. Yeah. 
in the race won by Keely Hodgkinson, who we've, who've said. So what was that like running a major indoor champs earlier in the year? It was definitely an experience. Like a senior champs is so, so different, as I said, from a junior champs. So um, it was definitely, I was really glad that was like my kind of sort of first experience in like a senior, a proper team, team GB senior champs because um, it was obviously during COVID. There were no crowds or anything. It was very, very different, but it made it a lot easier to focus on just the running. Um, no, I definitely was so happy I made the final. I, you know, coach and I going in just always said that the semi-final was going to be one of the hardest races. There's only six spots and so many talented athletes. Like I was so, so, so happy to make the final. Um, I was happy to obviously just be there and be experiencing it. I wish I could have run better in the final, but um, at the end of the day, it just wasn't my day. And um, I've definitely come away from it with uh, so much more experience and I've learned so much from that. Um, so I can't really be disappointed with sixth in Europe, to be honest. Like I beat out so many amazing runners in the semis. Um, so yeah, that's all I can say. I was happy with it. Okay. Well, you mentioned Luke Gunn a couple of times. He's been your coach since 2018, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah. So what what's that relationship like? How is how is Luke as a coach? Um, are you someone who's very much involved in planning training or is it a prescription and, and you just follow what, what's been told? How does that go? Uh, I yeah Luke and I we work really really well together I think he's an amazing coach um, I came to him straight when as soon as I started university I like changed coaches and went straight to Luke which I think was a great decision for me um, I work a lot better because he's around all the time obviously he's very involved um, he knows what he's doing which is great he's done the elite circuit before obviously he's married to Hannah so we, I kind of get her experience as well I get to see her all the time so it's definitely like it was definitely the right decision for me um in terms of like training and stuff like Luke has a well like a really large depth of knowledge that I don't have at the moment so I'm very much you know following and like learning from him and what he says to do and I trust him completely to be able to give me the correct sessions and kind of know what he's talking about but you know he wants me to put my give my input into the sessions and stuff so we do meet like really often just to go over training go over what's going on at the, like at the certain times of the um, months and stuff like that um so definitely we're both involved in what's happening with training like certain sessions I might say like oh I want to be getting some more speed sessions in before a race and he'll just include that for me he's very good he works so hard and like he's constantly on it with everything like I literally just look on uh, we use training peaks just look on that and I always know what I'm doing it's great I don't think I'd be as organised if he wasn't around. He seems to be very on top of himself, uh, which is really, really good. It just means that it works well and he knows what he's doing. And, you know, that makes it's easier for me in training, makes me more confident kind of going into racing and stuff. It's nice. Sure. We mentioned Oliver Dustin, who's part of that um, talent hub as well. But also talking about the Olympics, uh, Zach said and Ben Con and Jess Piasecki are all um, part of that wider group, if not always sort of based at, at Birmingham. Yeah. But it must be fairly inspiring and and um, cool to be in a sort of same sort of talent hub as, as athletes who are achieving such um, such things as that. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think um, talent hub is great as well. Like being based at Birmingham, having kind of being able to bring together all these like elite athletes is really great because I think that you know we're kind of all thrown across the country we don't often get to see each other like it's really nice to be like surrounded been surrounded by people that are kind of all very like-minded all striving for the same goals and stuff like that 
um I definitely think that like like I know Oliver Dustin personally so it's it honestly was so amazing like we're all so proud of him to see him at the Olympics you know we're excited to watch him and see how he does um but no the training at Birmingham like you you it's it's a university like team at the end of the day so you get a lot of levels um but you do have the elite of the elite in the group and training at the university which is just obviously so amazing for me um but you also just have just good like honest training and it's just oh it's great I love it great um so let's have a have a think we we like to go through um our guest pbs um and have a chat about those so I've got I've got a few down for you so let me know if I've got these these right um taken straight out of power of 10 so um we've got the 60 meters set in 2012 as 8.71 yeah 200 meters 28.1 again in 2012 so quite a long time ago yeah and then we've got um, 400 meters, which was set this year in May um, at the Birmingham series, 53.58. Yeah. 800, 201.24, as you said, Marseille. And we've got a 1500 meter time of 418.39 at BMC in Stratford this year yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, sort of those back end, the four, the eight, and the 1500 all set this year. A mm. um, couple of questions. I suppose, do you see yourself? stepping up and having a proper go at the 1500 in, in future years or was that just a just a race you know I definitely think it, it could be there it couldn't but at the end of the day right now I view myself as a 4-8 runner rather than an 8-15 runner I think that if you like I split a 52-4 uh, in the relay um, at under 23 so I know I can get that four time down a little bit more um, so I definitely think that that kind of shows that I'm a bit more of a um, a 4-8 runner uh, the 15 is, it's quite far for me, to be honest. Um, it's its a complete different ball game. It requires a different level of strength that, you know, I'm still working and building on, to be honest. Um, like my aerobics are great, but they're still growing. Um, I definitely think it'd be great to get another 15 in. I think they take time to get that time down. So hopefully I can go a bit quicker than 418. But, you know, I definitely think I view myself at the moment as like a, more of an 8-4 runner. Okay, and out of those PBs, is there one that you are most proud of or, or happiest about? Um, I don't know. I view them all quite quite equally. I think as well. Um, as I said, I'm more of a four eight runner, so like I like I think those those are my you know, almost like favorite PBs in a sense. But I would like to get my fifteen time down definitely. Um, kind of work on that a bit more, but it's hard to do a full season of three different, completely different events. Like the four involves using blocks, like the eight obviously doesn't. The fifteen is uh, obviously so much more aerobic than the eight is, so it is very difficult to kind of get in like really decent times for all three. And I think that's something that I'll have to kind of like progress with over the years. Sure. We also like to look at um, our guest's sort of first entry into Power of Ten. Um, and yours was in 2010 as an under 11 mm. um, and you ran a 60 meters at Lee Valley and I think you finished third in 9.2 seconds so um, do you remember much from that as an under 11 um, was that when you just started sort of taking running seriously or was it a little bit before that um yeah well I just so my like journey to athletics started at Lee Valley um Obviously, most people know Lee Valley Athletic Centre is what, like where British athletes used to be based before Loughborough. Um, they have like a Star Trek Academy, and they do like mini sort of um, 
competitions and stuff for the younger kids and I think that's definitely how I got into athletics like I did the the school district competitions and stuff which kind of um introduced me to the world of athletics and competing and um I did a lot of um I did twice a week at like the athletics club and then I think I wasn't I was wasn't until I was probably 11 that I then decided that I liked the longer kind of sprinting um side of things more middle distance um but no I I really yeah I loved loved it all as when I was younger I almost wish I'd done more events but I think running was the thing that I liked the most so a bit of a shift in focus now um we, we see that you've got some support um from New Balance what's that uh, relationship like with New Balance and um what does that support allow you to to do um, I absolutely love um, being part of Team New Balance. Like, definitely um, was a great decision from me. And, like, we, I work really well with Pete. Um, you know, they are... It's it's a different relationship. It's not what I expect from a sponsor. Like, they take care of me so well. Like, they, you know, I'm obviously wearing their kit and stuff, but they constantly messaging me, like, well done. And, like, they're following my journey, which is actually so nice to feel like I'm also, almost, like, they care about me as an athlete and like the way and like how my journey's going um you know I signed with New Balance uh at the middle of 2019 so just before European my European gold um so I've kind of been with them for a while now and it's just it's it's so nice I absolutely love it and you know continue just continue working together I definitely think um like sponsorship and like support from like a company is uh, one of the main parts of being an elite athlete. And I definitely think I've benefited from it greatly. Do you have, do you have a strong opinion on the whole um, super shoes, spikes? Um, um, I definitely you- think that like, it's a very controversial topic for sure. Um, you know, uh, I think now it's a bit different because sort of every shoe like a lot of the shoe companies have now come out with their own version so it's a bit more of a level playing field for like the elite athletes um I definitely think that you know you can see that they do they must make a difference somehow like I'm sure like I find that they benefit me in terms of um you know the support that I get in the shoe the um response from like the actual shoe is is better for me and I and I really really like the shoes but um you know I think it's a pretty almost even playing field if everyone everyone seems to have them now so um you know if there is an advantage and you know it might there might be there might not be for every athlete I think it might be different every different athlete responds differently to the shoes so I definitely think um it's different for everyone but everyone seems to want a level playing field at the moment so it seems all right great okay well before we um jump into some quick fire questions if you don't mind Izzy just sort of a look ahead to the rest of your season you said you're sort of got a couple of weeks training before racing again what what races do you have on the schedule and and, uh, where are you hoping to run next so I hopefully um you know I've like got a few races lined up um I might be able to try and get a 100 meters in there if we can hopefully a BMC race uh that would be great um you know hopefully there's the Manchester International like um hopefully I'll be able to get into a race in there um and then I might go to Europe for a few races um I think on the cards at the moment just somewhere in Switzerland and maybe Italy um but I'm not really not really sure yet nothing's really solid obviously Olympics only start tomorrow so um 
all of the races post-Olympics are a little bit, you know, you have to kind of wait and see what you can get into and stuff like that. Um, but definitely at least like four or five more races on the cards, um, hopefully 15 as well as an eight, uh, just try and get those times down. Great. You, you mentioned going to Europe. Have you had much um, opportunity to travel abroad? Obviously your Marseille race, but during yeah. the sort of pandemic, have you had any sort of shockers with travel or quarantining? Um, yeah, like I think um, well, we, everyone's all everyone's heard about um, the whole like a lot of the team getting uh, COVID after European um, indoors. I was lucky enough not. I didn't. I didn't get anything. I was completely fine. Um, you know, and I've been really lucky that I'm part of the Futures program, so that gives me elite athlete status, and I've had that all year round. So I actually have been able to travel a lot more freely than most people. I'm very very lucky to have been able to do that um i did the world indoor tour in new york in uh january and obviously traveling then was crazy it was empty like nothing nothing was obviously open at the airports um you know it was really quick through the airport which was great um very empty planes because no one no one's allowed to travel let alone go to the u.s um and then obviously as we've come more into summer it's been a lot more busy a lot busier and um you know a lot more regulation um kind of around it and stuff so it's a bit different but I've I've been able to quite easily travel um obviously I've been on two teams this year already which helps um but you know I've been very lucky to be able to do that cool. and obviously being at uni have you um how are you finding the online lectures or the, the zoom seminars and all that I quite enjoy the online lectures actually I think um it's quite nice to be able to like I do biomedicine so my course it's, it's quite a tough course it's um very very detailed and stuff so it's quite nice to be able to kind of do the lecture on my own time um and not have to follow like a really really like really really strict schedule um and you know you can zoom from anywhere so if I need to go abroad for a race I can be on zoom in my hotel room and it's not a big deal um but you know like it'll be interesting to see how that sort of transition goes for my last year university because I'm not we, we haven't been notified about whether it's going to be in person or um still online next year but um you know it makes it easier for as an athlete it makes it easier for you you can kind of schedule your time better um but you know it's, it's quite easy at uni here for me to schedule my time around university because that's as um I'm part of the UOB scholarship team so that's that's what we do like they help me manage my like academic side of things around my sports so um yeah either way I think it's all right perfect all right Izzy well we'll throw a few uh, quick fire questions at you then to, to finish off um some that we always ask our guests first one being um if you could go for a run with any sports person dead or alive and it doesn't have to be a runner who would it be um probably like Kelly Holmes maybe Okay. It'd be interesting to kind of get her like perspective on her whole like athletics career. So I suppose Kelly Holmes, when you were a youngster, could you remember her winning the at the Olympics? I think I was too young. I Where definitely you? was too young. Like you obviously know her as if you're in the world of athletics, you know who she is. So um and like obviously knew, but I don't think I watched it or anything. Oh gosh, okay. Um <laughs> so if you could go back in time to witness any sporting event, which would you choose? Oh, um weird but maybe when England won the World Cup okay back in 1966 yeah I've really had to, I, I, def, I knew it was 1966 but I really had to second guess myself then yeah I think that would be really cool I think I've actually really enjoyed watching the Europeans this year so um definitely something that would be great to watch yeah so close 
Um, if you could be a professional athlete in a sport aside from running, which would you choose? Oh, um, oh God, I never. I enjoyed hockey as a kid, so I loved, I love, love playing hockey. So maybe hockey, but I'd love to get like kind of get into the world of like tennis and stuff because that sounds really exciting. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, any pre-race superstitions or pre-race rituals that you always follow? Um, not really. No, I'm um, have learned to be pretty relaxed just because you can kind of get anything before a race. So I I don't like to be too like ritualistic because I don't really want to like put that stigma on myself. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, do you have like a pre-race song or artist or pre-session song that you like to use to get fired um, up for the session? Um. No, my music taste is a bit weird. So I just kind of, um, I do that thing where you like, I latch onto like a playlist for about a week and then I move on to something new. So no, not nothing specific. Okay, anything uh, interesting on your current playlist? Oh, um, I enjoy that Dua Lipa. I love her songs and the new Ed Sheeran music and just a whole host of things. Cool, okay. And then finally then, before we let you go, um, could we get an Olympic prediction for you? So who from you? So who do you think, if you had to put money on winning the women's eight hundred and perhaps the men's eight hundred, who do you think may come away with the gold? Oh, that is a big question. Um. Oh God. Oh, I don't know. I think it's hard to kind of pick because. Mm. Um, you know, I think everyone's running so well at the moment. I think Gemma could definitely go for the medals. Okay. She's been running so well, just even in like the Diamond Leagues and stuff. She's She seems to be on a pretty good winning streak. Um, and then I think I reckon Elliot will do really well in the eight as well. Okay, great. We'll take that. Well, hopefully that, um, that happens and we get to enjoy watching that in the next few days. So Izzy, thanks very much for, for joining us. We wish you all the best going forward, obviously for the rest of this year, um, getting Thank that much. Commonwealth qualifying time and, and everything else going forward. So um, it, last thing, is there anywhere that um, listeners can follow you on Instagram or Twitter if, they, if they're not already? Yeah, I'm at um, Izzy Boffy or on Instagram and Isabel Boffy on Twitter. Great. All right. Thanks, Izzy. Thanks very much for joining Thank us. You. Cheers. Thank you.